What's up, good people? We're back. Ow. Let's give some love to the good today, you guys. Good over bad today. That's the type of energy that I'm on. You are now tuned in to Mommy's Not Here. I'm Bay, And if you're new here, I've been waiting for you. It's like, nah, <laughs> I'm just playing. I do that sometimes. What else I do sometimes is, you know, talk shit, let off some steam, decompress, but it's all love. It's not in an ill intent at all. So like, it's okay. Um, It's okay if I get a little, you know, left with it. It's all good. It's all good fun. Whoever I talk about does know about this about my podcast now have listened to it gotten the stamp of approval by most not all so let's get into it shall we guys all right let's do it so to keep you updated on where my life is at in real time right now currently well previously a few days ago almost a week ago um, my daughter the girl went in for a light procedure Basically, they call it surgery because they had to put her to sleep. But all it really was is putting a camera in her ears, you know, to check her ears and down her throat to check her airway and her lungs. And um, it went it went well. She did not like it, obviously. Now that she's older, she's had surgery plenty of surgeries in the past but now that she's older she's six about to be seven next month guys where has the time gone it was a lot different getting her in the operating room this time around so the procedure went fine (sighs) however after the procedure you meet with the doctor to discuss everything and the doctor's findings was a little upsetting oh no so basically she noticed that the girl's ears are like bad in terms of it's so much fluid that she can't really hear, which explains why she failed her hearing test recently. She also noticed that the girl cannot control her fluid or mucus really at all inside her body. So like her lungs is like covered in phlegm and um, where her trach used to be in her airway is like scar tissue. So it was, um, and we also noticed that her jaw is still really small for her age, even though years ago she got a jaw distraction, but it was to fit her head for when she was a baby. Now that she's older and she's growing, she still has this infant-sized jaw, which can also be an issue in her breathing, in her speech, and her feeding. Because when you're eating, if you eat through your mouth, you breathe through your nose. And since her airway is really small and she's a mouth breather, that could be why she rejects food because she can't breathe when she eats. So... The end result was her needing another jaw distraction soon, possibly this year. Wow. And, um, I mean, she cleaned out the the fluid in her ears, so we have to wait two months to see if that makes a difference. However, if it doesn't, we have to deal with the fact that the girl could be having other issues that we have yet 
to discover, one being her hearing. Another issue that the doctor mentioned that we should explore is her cognitive development. The fact that she's not learning as well as she should for her age and that she's really developmentally delayed. So now the question is, could she have, could there be something going on with her brain? So long story short, to give you a rundown, this is our homework. We have to take the girl back to her pediatrician to get a referral for pulmonary to go back to breathing treatment or breathing machine to help with the mucus and phloem in her lungs. We have to take her to neuro to check her brain. We have to take her to a podiatrist because her feet are um, slightly deformed in a sense where, you know, your heel, your heel is that, that hard part that protects that big bone in the back of your foot. Hers is in the middle of her foot and that big bone is not protected. So we have to take her to a podiatrist to deal with her feet. We have to take her to genetics to see if she could have another disease or disability that's not related to her original diagnosis with Pierre Robin, because some of these things that she's experiencing is not in connection to Pierre Robin sequence. Pierre Robin sequence is an underdeveloped jaw. So the issues that accompany that is a narrow airway, breathing issues, feeding issues, and a cleft palate. However, the studies have shown that once those things get repaired, you get a bigger jaw through plastic surgery, the cleft palate gets repaired, that eventually through time, your breathing should normalize, your eating should normalize, your speech should normalize. However, hers has not. It stayed stagnant. So we have to really explore what could be going on. Also, aside from medical, it's like I have to rearrange everything when it comes to this girl. Because aside from medical, remember, we have to think about a plan for her educationally. So she felt her hearing test. They said that um, she can hear, but she can only process one sound at a time. So maybe when you speak to her and there's other background noises, she's not hearing you because all she hears is a a lot of fluff. And in my mind, what I'm immediately thinking, you know, education background, then that means she doesn't belong in a school setting. You right. Because a classroom, that's all it is, is a lot of sounds all the time. So, but it's like, she does not belong in a school setting because she can't focus and she's not learning anything, which makes sense when she gets home and it's time to do her homework. And I'm like, you know, she doesn't know it. Like she's supposed to be doing spelling tests, but she can't even sound out the words because she doesn't know letter sounds. How can she progress to the second grade if she don't have the basic fundamentals of kindergarten? True. And it's such a fast pace and she's failing, failing, failing. No one's taking the time to meet her where she's at. So in my mind, we got to take her back to the doctor. She has to go back and get surgery. And we should consider next year 
homeschooling her because she's not learning anything and nothing's working. Jeez. But in order to really accommodate her the way she needs to be accommodated, in my mind, I can't really see another option aside from me quitting work to focus on my home and my family, which as you guys know, I, well, you know what guys, I, as you guys know, I can't really do that because for the, for the past year, I have been the primary breadwinner. However, Carl has went back to work and he still does his business. So technically, yes, he has two jobs. But his business wasn't doing so well. I have all high hopes that it's going to pick back up very soon, like now. And again, as I've said before, if you need pest control, Google the bug doctor. He is located in the DMV area. He is very good at his job. There's no problem too big or too small. He will be there. But back to the script. So in my mind, I'm like, I have to quit my job because it's like she needs focus and she has been sliding through the cracks for so long that this will backfire on us later in life. And as a mom, I really want to give my children the best possible future. Absolutely. And I can see clear as day that this is not the path that, that we're heading on for the girl. But you guys, there's not really much I can do to stop it right now. Because I have to work. Right. Because we need money. As I told y'all before, like, we just came out of the water heater debacle, you know, and trying to stay on top of, like, we've only been in this house for, it's going to be two years in the summer. So we're still trying to get our footing and navigating our new financial obligations. It would be insane if I gave up an income like a sustainable income that meets only the basic financial needs, not even extra. True. To to give my attention and focus on the girl, but to me, that's what I want to do. And it brings Carl and I to a head because in my mind, I'm like, I should be able to do that. You know, I am married. Like my husband should be the one working, worrying about the bills so I can focus on these kids, especially knowing that I have a special needs child who needs my attention, who needs my support, who needs me to advocate for her and, you know, structure, give her structure, which I haven't been doing because I've been so focused on paying the bills. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's a really unfortunate and tricky situation Yep. because all of this is just bringing me back into this rabbit hole of depression. Because to me, aside from my title as a wife, as an individual, as Bay, I'm feeling like I'm failing because of the simple fact that I'm incapable of solving this problem on my own without a fucking man. Granted, he's my husband. I love you, husband. But still, you know, I came from a single mother, a teenage single mother at that, who literally was in high school when she had my sister and I. I was born with a congenital heart disease, a disease meaning this is for the rest of my life. I had to get open heart surgery to the point where like they had to 
like back in the 80s. Oh, listen, I ain't going to tell you my age. Just back, back in the day hmm. where open heart surgery then was breaking your rib cage in half to get to your heart Ouch. and repairing it and then closing you back up. Not only did I have open heart surgery, but as, as well as my daughter, I didn't recover well. I'm gonna tell, let's, let's go back in time a little bit because I feel like in order for you to understand who I am now, you have to understand what I went through. So I was born, as I said, I was born really sick and I needed my heart repaired. But at the time, I couldn't get like the major surgery until I was three years old. This is how it was told to me, guys. Obviously, I don't remember. Obviously. It's just I have a mother. I had a mother who would tell me this story. And then I had a grandmother who repeated shit all the time. So every time I saw her, she would tell me this story. So I know this story very well. Not to mention, when my daughter was living in Children's, I got a copy of my medical records because I wanted to read it for myself. And yes... I did get the verification. So now I'm about to share this story with you. Back to it, guys. So, yeah. Had to wait till I was three years old to get this major open heart surgery. While I waited, I was blue, guys. My skin was blue the whole time. Blue face, baby. I was very, like, what's the word? Limited to what I was allowed to do, where I was allowed to go. So I was basically stuck, stagnant until my surgery. During my surgery, the procedure went well. Keep in mind, my mother is in high school. So yes, she has to go to school. So my grandmother kind of took over whenever my mom was caring for my sister or in school. So um, my grandma knows a lot of this, but the procedure went well. However, the recovery did not go so well. So while I was in recovery, instead of getting better and healing, my body started to decline and my organs started to shut down. (gasps) First, I lost my vision, completely blind. And then um, my liver... What do you pee? Your liver shut down. So for a month, I did not urinate at all. Not even a drop. Wow. And um, my organs just started to shut down. And it was pretty clear that I was slowly declining to my death. So every day, eventually, every day the doctors would tell my mom, like, hey, She might not make it through the night. There's nothing more we could do. All we can do is keep her comfortable and, you know, wait and, you know, wait until her body gives out because they couldn't really explain why things were going the way they were going. But every day was a new problem. Pneumonia, organs shutting down. So, yes, I was intubated. Yes, I had a catheter to kind of like get urine through a bag, but like there was nothing coming out. So every day they would tell my mom, you know, today might be the day. So my mom would go to school praying that I didn't die while she was at school, while my grandmother would be by my side. And then she would come straight home, but they would be there all day and nothing happened. I wasn't getting better but it was just that slim, slow, deteriorating process. Um, my mom and my grandma was there so long that the nurses would kind of recommend them, like, take a break, go home, shower, get some rest. And I noticed for a fact because they did it to me with the girl. 
So she would go home. They would say, listen, we'll call you. If anything happens, don't worry. And every day, it didn't happen. <sighs> I just didn't die that day. So it went on like that for a while. I don't really know the timeline, but it was a long time. And then uh, to the point where my mom kind of focused a little bit more. Like she still came every evening, but she focused more on her work because she's in high school. You know, she's trying to graduate, got two kids trying to stay on top True. of that. But um, one day out of nowhere, I woke up and I could see. Wait, what? And no one was with me, I think, but the nurse, because I think, I guess the nurse came in in the morning, you know, they switch shifts and I could see, and she got so excited. She called my mom and my grandmother and was like, you need to get down here. Now, she didn't really tell them why this is what my grandma said. It could be wrong because like legally now I'm like, I'm sh they have to tell you because I was in that position. If something was wrong with my daughter, like they're not going to call me and say, get down here. Like, what the fuck is going on? You right. You know, but anyway, maybe it used to be that way, but that part didn't make sense. But my grandma said, they said she need that they need to get down here. They came. And as soon as they walk into my room, I was like, mommy, like I looked at her. I knew where she was and they like lost it. Aww. They were so excited that I could see it again. And not only, not only did my vision come back, which was crazy because I'm sorry, I'm telling this so wrong. Before my vision came back, I peed finally. After about a month and a half, I finally peed. And they were excited that I peed. And they were like, maybe, you know, there are signs that I'm getting better. But all it was for the longest was just me urinating again. And then the doctors went with the idea that I might be getting better, even though there wasn't a lot of proof. So they were trying to convince my mom and my grandma to make arrangements for me if I was to get better and get discharged being blind. You know, like now is the time, just in case, let's look at schools or like services for her. Right. And while they were in the midst of working with a social worker for services with me, because I guess, yeah, I was starting to show signs of getting better, everything except my vision, I said it wrong. So everything started to get better slowly, except my vision, I was still blind. Damn, I ruined the story for y'all. Because yep. then one day I started to see again. And yes, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So slowly but surely, everything that has shut down, has started to build itself back up one by one, on its own. And the doctors could not figure out why that happened because everything proved that I just wasn't going to make it. And because of that, my mother and my grandmother and my whole family and the whole community at the time put it in my head that I was a miracle baby, you know? Hallelujah, like, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. The fact that you're alive is a miracle. Because apparently, apparently, not aside from the fact that my health, my my health or lack of getting better proved it, but there were also other children at the time who have had similar procedures 
as I who didn't make it around the same time. So all the signs showed that I wasn't going to make it. And the simple fact that I did, and I kind of got better slowly on my own, no one really had an explanation for why. Hmm. And the reason why I know this to be true is when I requested my medical records recently, I had a doctor that um, I was growing close to during her stay who looked over it with me and was like, wow, like you really were your story really was unbelievable and incredible. So growing up, I was treated very fragilely, but also very like miracle baby, like good things come with you, you know? So I got my way a lot. I really did. Um, my grandma loved me. My mother tolerated me. But my cousins... They fucking hated me Yep. because I could literally do no wrong and punishment did not come to me because of everything that I endured. Like, don't hurt her. She's sick. Even though I got better, I was always treated like I was sick. So in my mind, I thought I was invincible, you know, and then. I would be told all the time, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful, but by my mother and my grandmother, nobody else. And so in my mind, I thought, number one, I'm gorgeous, probably the most beautiful girl in the entire world. Ow. Number two, I have powers because, you know, I can defy death. I'm invincible. And like, number three, no one can hurt me because I'm sick. Wow. So... I took that, and I guess the way I comprehended it, I didn't really, I used my powers for, for bad and not good. And a lot of the times I would torture my sister because like, you have to be my servant because I'm sick and I'm powerful. So I would fuck with her a lot. Shit. I would. Like, I'm bored. I want to play. Let me get on your back and be a horse. Let's go. And she'd be like, no, I don't want to play with you. And I'd be like... If you don't play with me, I'm going to tell grandma and you're going to be in trouble. And she knew that I was right. Hmm. So a lot of times I could, I could easily manipulate her to do what I want to do. And finally, at one point, she got so fed up. Obviously. Yeah, this bitch tried to kill me. She really did. No, she did. Let me tell y'all this. True story. We was living with my grandmother at the time. My mom and my grandma. We was in the living room. I wanted to play. You know, back in the day, they had that big, bulky wooden furniture. Uh-huh. Or something big and bulky. I don't know if it was a shelf or a bookcase. But, like, I wanted to play with her. And she was standing. I was standing by the big, bulky furniture. And I guess I was picking on her, probably. Probably. And she got so annoyed that she kind of pushed the bulky furniture and it fell on me. All you heard was this crash and me just screaming and crying hysterically. And the, of course, the adults running around and she got this puzzled look on her face like this guilty, this guilty look. And like immediately, my grandma goes, what are you doing, Rachel? Why would you do that? And my mom is like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. Hmm. My mom was like, don't yell at Rachel. Leave her alone. Like, I'm sure it was an accident. Damn. 
And my grandma's like, that ain't no damn accident. What, you trying to kill this girl? Yep. What's wrong with you? So my grandma swoops me up to give me care. Because, you know, she the only one that loved me. Nobody else did. And um, I found out later that my mom didn't punish my sister because my mom understood my sister's frustration. It was like, you just had enough. Yep. <laughs> you know, like she's a monster. So basically, I turned into a monster, and everyone knew it. My mom knew it. My sister knew it. The cousins knew it. The uncles, the aunts. Nobody fucked with me. No one liked me. No one messed with me. No one played with me because I was just a troublemaker and a spoiled little fucking brat. So I was a loner. I developed to being alone, and the only one that loved me was my grandma. So imagine the pain when my mother decided to move away from my grandma to stand on her own. And I honestly think she did it so that she could start whooping my ass. Because, like, my mom knew that not even her could touch She couldn't even touch me in the presence of my grandmother. You know? So she was smart. It was genius. She got me away from my grandmother. And when we moved to our own place, y'all, she beat the shit out of me. Yep. Every fucking chance she got. But, like... Ha ha, jokes on her because that shit didn't work. Damn, damn, I was damn, already damn. terrible. It's already embedded in my DNA. You can't undo it. I mean, you could try to control it and keep it tame, but be for real, y'all. It's me. Wow. I was just ruined at birth. I have a broken heart, so that's my excuse. Hmm. But I say all this, so I grew up believing that I was this incredible, I could literally do anything. Like, I could defy death, I can do anything. So, imagine my surprise when I get into grade school and nobody else could see my incredibleness. Instead of seeing how beautiful I am, you know, how powerful I am, how cool I am, how funny I am, all people could see is the scars on my chest. All people understood was, why my voice sound funny? Why do I talk like that? All people understood was like, why is your posture hunched over? You look like you don't have a neck. Why do you have a mustache? Damn. They painted me out to be so ugly and repulsive for so long that like I went from thinking I'm this beautiful, incredible being to like everything is Everything is wrong about me, you know, to the point where I went from loving myself to legit hating myself. And it stayed like that for so long. And I got bullied so bad for so long that, like, of course, me being me, no one's going to get one over me. You're never going to know that you're hurting me. So to the surface, whatever you say about me to me gives me free reign to say whatever the fuck I want about you. So, like, let's go. What you got? Because I got a whole Rolodex of shit I could say about you. Number one, you stink. Number two, you're ugly. Number three, you're dusty as hell. Every time you walk, why is this? It's like this cloud of smoke. Why are these flies following you? Like, what the... Like, I had words. I've always been good at words. So, like, you would think it didn't bother me. And I guess maybe that's why people got the okay to keep coming for me. But like over time, 
it built this like insecurity and self-doubt. So by the time I got in high school, which I thought was supposed to be this beautiful, incredible experience, you know, like high school's going to fit me. You know, my voice is not going to be weird. It's going to be sexy. You know, my cat eyes are going to be sought after, you know, like People like light-skinned girls, right? Like, I'm going to have hella boyfriends. I'm going to date the, the star of the football team. I'm going to be a cheerleader. Maybe give him hit under the stairs. Mm. Like, you know, in my mind, high school was going to be amazing. But no, I was still a loser. I was still nobody. I still wasn't shit. And I kind of like stuck with that title in my in my mind mentally. Until I got older and I was like, fuck that. Like, no. Remember your roots. Like, you did defy death. You really are powerful. You really are strong. You really are beautiful. Like, I don't know what is wrong with these people. They must be blind as hell because, bitch, you gorgeous. So, as I got older, I started to embrace that. So, I'm saying all of this, all of this to say that in my heart of hearts, I'm capable of doing Whatever I want. So a lot of times I find myself in a conundrum. I find a way out of it. Because to, to my core, to my core, I really am powerful. Like to my core, I can get shit done. So this particular situation with my daughter, with my finances, it's really got me like confused. Because if I'm so powerful and I'm so capable and I am so smart and all these other times I can get myself out of the deepest and darkest of of pickles, starting back from when I was three years old, why the fuck can I get out of this one? Why can't I find a solution where I could be home with my kids, where I could manage my house, where I could stay on top of our bills without them falling behind, where I could educate my daughter my damn self because I'm the one with the education background where I could be on top of the services that she needs and stay on top of the hives that my son is going through and making sure I'm giving the same amount of attention and love to my nephews because I don't want history to repeat itself and the only focus is on the girl and her well-being when there are other children involved because that's what happened with my sister she got pushed to the wayside her whole life because it's all a bit about, it's always been about Bay. Like, we gotta take care of Bay. We gotta look out for Bay. And because she was so self-sufficient that she got ignored her whole life, she was always put in a position, in my opinion, to feel inferior to, to me because she was, she was healthy. And I don't want my son or my nephews to feel like their their position of importance is less than that of the girls because they are are healthy like special needs kids who have healthy siblings i feel like that's an issue that doesn't really get looked at but it's very important to keep a level of equality because that's why my sister and i butt heads now like but even though she fucking hates my guts guys like, and she treats, she do, mm, we will talk about her soon. <laughs> but deep down to her core, she always feels like she needs to, 
be there for me in her way. She's been so trained to like look after me, even though I'm a grown ass woman and I'm smarter than her. And she feels like she still needs to take care of me. Although the tables have flipped lately and I feel like I'm her mama. We'll get into that another day. But like, it's messing with my self-esteem. It's bringing me back to a depressed nature because it's like, there's nothing I love more than my family and my kids. There's nothing I desire more than for their futures to be good. And right now, I don't have the resources or capability to give her what she needs. I can't give her her basic fundamentals because I have to pick and choose. Do I want to focus on giving my daughter the resources and the best that she needs, or do I need to focus on paying these bills? If I focus on her, we risk losing a house. We risk losing our livelihood. And I'm not in a position where I could do both. I'm not. Maybe once, because I'm working on publishing a book, maybe once I publish the book, people will buy it, you will buy it, it will take off, and that would be another source of income. And maybe I can you know, create a new path for myself where I could do the things I wanted to do and find a way to work from home so that I can earn an income and focus on my child. But as I stand right now, even with the certificates and things that I have, the things that my husband have, even with the many years of experience I have in my field, he has in his field, I have never managed to make enough where, you know, I could pay for resources on my own without help of government assistance. I'm just not there yet. And it really makes me feel like I failed, you know, as a mom, as a woman, as an individuality. Like I feel like I'm going against the grain right now in my day to day to who I really truly am to my core. And I'm really trying to, um, fight the thoughts of depression and the slow contemplations of suicide by trying to regain an understanding of who I truly am. So um, it's February 2nd. So starting yesterday, I decided to put myself on an emotional fast huh? where I am giving myself a chance to not focus on who I'm not, but learn who I am. Like, listen more to my inner voice, worry less about how I look, how I sound, and really concentrate on the way I think, and not really focus on the lack of love that I feel I'm receiving from others, mainly my husband, and just love myself and date myself and try to win I'm trying to earn my own love because I don't like hating myself. That goes against my grain. Like, I don't like the way I feel about myself. And I've put myself down so long. I bullied my goddamn self for so long that I'm trying to make up for the pain that I put on myself. And when her over and date her and love her and give her care and be gentle with her and understand her because I've been attacking her. I've been attacking myself and I need to stop. 
And then I think once I stop attacking myself and really learn the way I like to be loved, maybe I can go back and teach Carl how to love me properly. Because right now, the road I've been going on mentally is divorce, suicide, get out of this. Because I'm at a dead end. I've been at a dead end for a while now. And I know this is getting deep, and I'm being honest with y'all, and I like documenting, like, who I am in real time. So maybe one day I could look back and be like, wow, I was there at one point in life. And because I'm a believer of God, I want to see how God going to get me out of this. And maybe this will become a testimony one day, hopefully, and not a eulogy. It'll be a testimony. I'm claiming testimony. But anyway, so it's like... I've been at a dead end for so long and all these things that keep happening in my life does not help. Like water heater did not help. No money for Christmas did not help. Being behind on a mortgage did not help. Not having money to buy food does not help. Like those things, all it is is further validating that I ain't shit. But I'm tired of treating myself like I'm nobody because I remember the days where I felt like I was everybody and anybody. And I want to go back to being incredible, powerful, and beautiful, and funny, and cool, and hell, sexy. I want to stand in a mirror and feel sexy and not feel my flaws, you know? Not focus so much on my scars. And notice how beautiful and perky my breasts are, like perfect brown nipples. Like, why can't I focus on that instead of the scars that are between them? Hmm? You know, so that's what I'm hoping to gain in the next two months is really study who I am inward. So then once I find who I really am and get my power back, I could come to you guys like Power Rangers, you know. I am the all incredible damn bae, right? Because I'm bae. I am the all incredible bae. Okay, you know, but I'm not there yet and I'm working on it. It's only day two. So what I'm doing is like keeping my hair up because my hair is my pride and joy. So learning to find the beauty in myself without the presence of my hair, documenting my thought of the day every day and um, abstaining from mirrors, abstaining from sex. Like that was hard. <laughs> um. Yeah, and just like dating Bay. So yesterday I bought myself a gift on Sheen. It was supposed to be one gift, ended up being like 11. But that's okay because Sheen is so cheap that like that 11 gift is really the price of one. So today I got to find something kind to do. Maybe I'm about to work out and like focus on like my body. Not because. I care about how I look, but do something nice for myself a day. And it would be nice to, you know, work out because I'm broke because of the gift I bought myself yesterday. So, you know, or write a love letter. I could write a love letter to myself. Maybe I'll write a love letter to myself and work out. But then that's doing two things. So I'll do one and then the other one tomorrow. Anyway, but yeah, so like to me, it, it, it's some things have to change. I have to switch you know, 
something in my life right now because as it stands, it's not working. Now that this has been brought to my attention of all these potential things that could be going on with my daughter, I need to, you know, give light to that and really sit down and refocus and come up with a new plan that's going to work for her because I need to give her her best shot. I don't ever want her to lose that feeling of her power because she can't communicate because she doesn't eat like she if she's capable and she is capable all it takes is work to get her there i need to do the fucking work because above above me is her but in order to be there for her i gotta take care of me so i have a lot of groundwork to lay down and i've recognized it which is the first step and now it's time for me to get the fuck to work so yeah, like that's where I'm at right now. And I love Carl. I do, y'all. I love Carl. I know I talk shit about him because it'd be things to say, but that man is amazing. And he's trying the best that he can too. It's, it's a complicated situation that neither of us really fully grasp how to navigate, even though we about to be seven years in. But we gonna figure this out because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm stand by my word and I'm loyal. I vowed to him for better or worse, you know, and we gonna get better together. If I like, even if I gotta beat him to better, but he is capable, or else why else would I choose him? I can have any man that I want, and I chose him, so he's gonna have to rise to the motherfucking occasion if he wants to keep me. Message. Okay, like people have more than one husbands. People have husbands and boyfriends. People have husbands and side niggas like don't make me go get a backup. So please, I need you to be the enchilada and the rice and beans and the cabbage on the side, okay? And the clove gas and the clove the cold glass of beer. I need you to be all of that for me right now because my plate is empty. So we'll see, y'all. We'll see if Carl can do it. I'll let y'all. Hmm, I'll let y'all know. But um, I'm gonna get out of here because I have to. What do I have to do? Work out. That's what I decided to do. I'm going to work out, do something nice for myself before I start my day. Because the sun hasn't even came out yet. It's early, early, early in the morning. So the only time I can record is too many damn people in this house. But the kids are good, by the way. They're fine. But I just wanted to fill y'all in and update y'all on what happened recently with her having a procedure to reiterate that she's okay. We just got to make some new adjustments. Those what the adjustments are, but there's some other side work that I need to do on myself. And as always, y'all pray for me. If you are a believer, I need it. Pray for my strength, pray for my mental, pray that we come up with a solution for the girl. Pray that she gets healed one day. Pray that her speech will become better. Pray that Carl and I will stay together. Pray that he will be okay without sex for two months, even though I'm sure he will. Pray that I will be okay and not have like triggers of horninessism. Pray that I can stay true to this two month fast and focus on myself pray that i figure out who the fuck that i am like pray if you can if you do if you will if you please please and on that note i'm gonna get out of here because i'm gonna get my day started i just wanted to record because it was heavy on my heart and you know when i record i don't even think about what i'm saying i just press the button and just start talking so 
I don't know what's going to happen that day. I just say what the fuck I want to say. And that's what I want to say. I know it wasn't as like funny and it was more serious than anything. But I hope by this point you've taken somewhat of an interest to me and you wanted to know. If not, it's okay. If you skip this episode next time, I will be more. Let me tell y'all what the fuck happened today. But like, that's not where I am right now today. So I wanted you to meet me where I'm at. And I appreciate you for listening and joining in. You guys are great. It's been real. Um, Till next time, my good people.